Ghosts are horny. Spooky. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. <laughs> Hi and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Let's hear about some of our vices. Jordan, what's your biggest vice? My biggest vice is kind of a sad one. It's sleep. Oh my God. (laughs) I love sleep. Like if I'm if I'm very busy, sleep is the one thing I'm not going to compromise on. I will get my full, say, 11 hours if I can help it with naps <laughs> while sleeping during movies. Like, why why clean your house when you can just sleep? Why deal with your problems when you can just sleep? Mm, incredible. It's amazing. How about you, Allie? My vice is never having free time, which I know sounds weird. But if you had never have free time, you never have to deal with your emotions. <laughs> I was, you know, <laughs> so maybe I was thinking like maybe you smoke too many cigarettes or, you know, obviously none of us smoke, but yeah. you know what I mean? And See, you're like, this is how I <laughs> avoid having emotions and dealing with my life. It's true. And also you can be so successful when you never have any downtime. I think you might be a little confused as to what a vice is. I know what a vice is. I'm just saying this is mine because I'm like, is it good for me? No. Will I continue to do it because I like the pleasant side effects of it? Yes. Hmm. You scare me. Well, everyone's got a deep insight into Allie's psyche. This is why Jesus, I vibe yeah. with Capricorns so much. Uh-huh. Because when Capricorns are like workaholic, workaholic, I'm like, yeah. You're yeah. S- yeah. You're scary. Well, then you're going to marry a Sagittarius who's like the sign of fun. Okay, but he's a Sagittarius double Virgo. True. Oh, so, wow. to be fair, he is a lot more chill about the majority of things in life. However, however. He gets he can, it. Yeah, he can also be a perfectionist about things. What about you, Jasper? Jesus, well, now I don't fucking know what to say. Sugar? (laughs) Sugar's a good price. (laughs) Damn, dude. (laughs) I guess we all have one. (laughs) I don't know. If you'd asked me in my early 20s, I definitely would have said drugs. Mm. But I don't have the disposable income for that any longer, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I have too much addiction in my family. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, I mean, haha, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural. <laughs> the show where we unpack our family traumas. I'm sorry. Wow, this did not go as planned. <laughs> Here y'all go. Welcome. Welcome to the group, gang. Trauma, a trauma dump with us. Yeah, Hello. Tell me about your trauma. DM me on Twitter. What are Let's your vices? Let's get codependent together. Oh, no, thank you. That gives me I'm anxiety. doing a bit, Allie. 
Today's episode is season three, episode four, Sin City, the one where the boys flirt with the devil. This episode was written by Robert Singer and Jeremy Carver and directed by Charles Beeson and originally aired on October 25th, 2007. I'm obsessed with this cold open. Absolutely ridiculous. Love a good suicide in a church. Jasper's like, Ellie, that's too dark. What are you doing, Jasper? I love a good suicide in a church. What the actual fuck? Shut up. I have mental problems. I can say that. I do like the iconography of him in, in front of this circular yes, the, stained glass. The rose stained glass. Oh. And the way when they get closer to his face and it's centered, it almost mm-hmm. halos him. Yes. And he's positioned above them like he's sending them a message from mm-hmm. God. But the message is that God is gone. And God either can't or won't help us. And then he kills himself. And I'm like, that was an impactful cold open. It was. Holy shit. It it was, in my opinion, one of the best cold opens of the series. Yes. And I have seen 320 cold opens (laughs) for this show. And this is definitely in the top for me. Mm. So memorable. Also, that nun what a scream queen true incredible incredible you get it lady i was just like wow yeah she got a set of lungs on her looking back to i remember when i watched the cold open the first time the priest's reaction was so minimal compared to the nuns Mm -hmm. and then it made so much sense by the end of the episode right which was fun um also going from like the barbecue skewer of last episode (gasps) yeah to this like really over the top suicide Right. Yeah, give it to us. Right. Because, like, they're both so dramatic, but the tone is so different. Yes. Also, with seeing the priest just, like, pop up, I love the misdirection where you think he's going to be the evil one, and, like, yeah, he is. But also, like, in this cold open, he's not the thing that we're supposed to be centered at. So I like how that, like, follows up so much later, but misleads you in the start. Well, but then at the end, there's also the question of, are demons really that different from humans anyway? So it's, like, an additional layer of, like, well, was he really the problem? Or was mankind? Yeah, exactly. Why not both? (laughs) Hey, there we go. (laughs) I absolutely adore the scene after the title card. They're just being a little family. They're just being a little family. They're making guns and bullets together. And Sam's doing his little, get this. And they're teasing each other. And Bobby's being all acerbic, but he doesn't mean Mm -hmm. it. and his genuine concern and the music is so like i don't know it's not like jaunty really but it's like they're doing stuff i don't know it's just so cute and like compared to the sort of dynamics where they would have sam and dean and their dad and not bobby who obviously is their surrogate Mm -hmm. dad yeah it's just so much lighter Mm -hmm. and you can tell that they like each other and want to be around each other and they care about each other and i just love it so much yeah it was good jasper i like suicide oh my god brotherly bonding i didn't say brotherly i said they're a family but family bonding whatever i contain multitudes Allie. you were learning (laughs) i thought you knew this about me already i'm very extreme it's just cracking me up 
Yeah, that was that was how I felt about the scene as well. It was great. Well put together. I need more of it. Yeah, like on a more serious note and a less me having an emotional reaction note, it's such a succinct, efficient scene. Yes. It's super tight. There's things going on in the background that indicate their preparation process and their know-how while also showing you their dynamic with each other and setting up the plot of the individual episode. There's no fat on this scene. Everything about it is great. I was a little sad they're going to Ohio because, like, we're here and it's not that great. Right. There is an Elizabethtown, Ohio. Really? Yes. not that far of a drive from where I grew up. It's outside of Cincy. Oh. There's also a movie called Elizabethtown starring oh shit who's in it i want to say kristen dunst and orlando bloom i love kristen dunst she's very pretty i love Mm -hmm. her speaking of our loves sergeant hammond yes he is in this episode hammond it's general though oh motherfucker i knew sergeant wasn't right Ah! (laughs) general hammond yes the actor's name is donis davis he plays trotter he had a very slick outfit in this episode. I he thought did. all black suit, black button-down shirt, mm-hmm. black shoes. Love to see it. Mm. He was in Twin Peaks as Bobby's dad, yes. and he was also a military guy in that. Yep. He was in Stargate SG-1, as you already mentioned, as General Hammond. He was in the X-Files as Scully's dad. <gasps> I believe he was Are a colonel. serious? Yes, 100%. I need to watch this now. And, Only for Hammond. And on and on and on. Those are the the big ones that I know off the top mm. of my head. He's definitely typecast. He's so wonderful, though. But he's very good at it. He never even plays, like, a bad commanding officer, though. No. He's always, like, the good soul. Ugh. Yes, especially, I want to say, in Twin Peaks. <gasps> oh, my he's God. He's so good in Twin Peaks. That character makes me weep. Yes, that I character... thought him in, as Hammond Peaks. No, Twin Peaks. That character is so original. There's never been mm-hmm. another character like that that I've seen in anything right. like it, his from Twin Peaks. Yeah, oh, that scene where he's talking to Bobby in the diner in the booth about the dream. Yeah. Oh, man. And he's just weeping, yeah. I don't know what they put in David Lynch's breakfast before he wrote that, but... Fantastic. Good work, dude. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we love you, Don S. Davis. Thank you for your service as an actor who plays military men. (laughs) (laughs) I'm funny. Anyway. I like how we transition. We have, like, chaos scene, kind of tranquil scene with family, and then chaos scene. Well... They interview the the priest first, and that's pretty calm. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I keep forgetting about that scene. I don't know why. It's just, you know, it's because it's the typical, we're interviewing mm. the guy at the beginning of the case. True. Scene. You know, he's just like, oh, these used to be God-fearing people, mm-hmm. or whatever he says. I think actually Casey is the one who calls them God-fearing mm. at the end of the episode, but... Yeah, basically, he's just like, this used to be a community, and now it's not. Mm-hmm. Womp, womp. Yeah. That's when it starts to get chaotic, because the first place they go after that is the motel with the mirror on the ceiling. Oh my gosh, this fucking mirror. Okay. The thing with the mirror is that it's hilarious, one, but I actually think it, they're trying to do a thing with yes. the mirror. So I kind of like it, but I'm also like, is it too on the nose? Also... First of all, people who want to watch themselves have sex in mirrors above the bed, pretty weird. But do your thing. Do your thing. However, 
brothers who want to stay in a room with mirrors on the ceiling. Can you imagine waking up, looking, and seeing your siblings sleep in the mirror? Like, that is the best time for sleep paralysis. Yeah, that would be pretty unsettling. I don't know that it seemed from their reactions like they weren't expecting it. True. Like, they walk in and Dean laughs at it. Other cute small Dean thing to note he put a stack of quarters on top of the thing to do the magic fingers on the mattress. Yeah, he really likes those mattress massages. Yeah, what a goober. It's the closest thing to a massage he's ever had. Uh, maybe. I don't really know. I mean, I don't know. I I think what you're going for is some sort of touch starvation thing. uh, He probably is touch starved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. I did see someone online say once that he's not touch starved necessarily because he does have a lot of hookups what he lacks is a real intimate caring touch that's and harder that made oh. me very upset oh, that's <laughs> so true, though. it is true <laughs> did you notice that painting in the background too no. they like kept showing it what was it, it was like this intense like tempest going on and then the very back Mm -hmm. like the backdrop of it i think it was meant to be some sort of winged thing i don't know maybe it was intended to be angelic maybe not but it looked like a thing with wings that were also kind of blue or watery that's fascinating and they kept centering it or putting sam right in front of it or like Mm -hmm. doing all this stuff the whole anytime they were in the hotel room so i was Mm -hmm. just like does this mean something Probably not. Probably not. But I keep to be looking, honest. I keep looking at it. <laughs> Remind me of it when I do my lore. Okay. I could connect it to something. Okay. Don't don't just make up stuff for my sake, Allie. No. <laughs> never. Okay. I would I would never. Okay. Good. As long as we're on the same page. Maybe it's just something I was blind to before you came along. That's true. I showed you the light. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Richie. Yes. Absolute icon. I loved Richie. I enjoy Richie very much. You know how you were talking about like these like one-off hunters or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like I love that. They're like, you know what? Let's keep on showing you what this culture is actually like. Yeah. I really enjoyed that he was just like a trashy dude. Yeah. You know, he was just like a guy in a tracksuit. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I was just a fun little guy and I enjoy the backstory of him knowing Dean. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the thing itself being a succubus because they're like, haha, sex jokes because that's like this entire episode. Yes. Let's be real. Yeah, I really enjoyed Richie. Like, again, we just get a character one-off, inject with so much personality, even if we didn't plan on him lasting very Mm -hmm. long. Like, make your characters impactful, whether they're on the screen for two seconds or two seasons. Like, Right, exactly. He definitely left an impression. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also enjoy that, like, even though he's made out through the episode to be kind of an idiot mm-hmm. and, like, not good at being a hunter or whatever, he doesn't really know that much more than Sam mm-hmm. or Dean. In fact, he gives them some information about the town that they didn't already have. Yeah. So it just makes me laugh a little. He's certainly not as cautious as them. True. Sure. Even if he wasn't a hunter, he just does not seem like a man who was meant for this world for very long. No, yeah. (laughs) He cared too much about his appearance. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So since we've gotten into what's going on in this episode, it's like this sort of town gone wild and we have all of the major characters, except the bartender who they're about to meet here already. I want to kind of talk about like the larger themes of this episode because I think they all are relevant at every step of the episode, but they don't fully come together until the end. 
So what's going on here is that this is a small blue collar community. They specifically use the word Rust Belt Town, not in the cold open, but in the scene with Bobby at the beginning. And so what this episode is doing is connecting back to the first episode of the season. And that first cold open, remember we laughed about the American flags. What this is doing is following up and saying, this is what the attack on American values looks like. Yes. And so that's expanded, not just like in terms of like a critique on the shallowness of contemporary culture or like how tacky it is or whatever, but it is also going on to say that this is an attack on Christian faith as an American value a central part of that and that's something that is brought up right at the very beginning the first scene with the priest as well there are people who used to go to church and now they don't and because of that they've lost their connection to themselves and their identity as small town hard workers yeah it all feels very like post bush america yeah Yeah. this this literally made me feel like i was Mm -hmm. back in high school yeah and not in a fun way yeah (laughs) yeah 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 no that's definitely true i think another thing that's going on in this episode that like i think all three of us find distasteful is that while the changed values and the morally corrupt Mm -hmm. nature of the people in the town is attributed to a variety of things booze sex and gambling are brought up Mm -hmm. what we see for the most part other than an excess of drinking is the sex aspect of that and what we see the most of that is women as temptation and as sex objects Mm -hmm. in this episode there's more than one character that is a sex worker although only one of them has a speaking role there's women all over the place that look like they're selling sex Mm -hmm. yes and most of the women in the episode even the extras are wearing pink or red or purple Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm They're all really intense feminine colors and also colors that indicate lust. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of frustrating in that regard. Mm -hmm. But I will say, (laughs) I do love the one sex worker at the bar who's like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Because like, good good for you. Know your worth. Like, what the fuck? When she calls him a cheapskate, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, actually, like 50%, good. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, I I don't know. I think he's unnecessarily rude to her. I think, like, there's no reason to just be like, listen, like, I appreciate it, Mm -hmm. but no thanks. I don't have that kind of money. Or even, like, not what I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. Also, maybe it's just, like, a queer person thing. But, like, we see, like, that type of style she has is, like, the type of women woman drag queens emulate. Yes. A big, voluminous, curly hair, mm-hmm. that bright lipstick, and that vibrant pink shirt. I'm like, she looks so good. She was giving me, like, share mm-hmm. 1980s. Yeah, I was really into it, actually. I loved it. My, the thing, like, with her in particular that I thought was interesting is that... She's not dressed, like, slutty no. or whatever. Like, maybe she's wearing a tacky shade of, like, pink. lip stuff. Or, or mm-hmm. like, and the pink is a little loud. But, like, she's just wearing a t-shirt. Yeah, it's a v-neck that, like, I wore no, in middle she school. No, was, she was oh, wearing, like, a scoop. That. She was yeah. totally, oh she didn't even have cleavage out. 
She just yeah. had mm-hmm. huge tits. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> they were big. I'll say that. <laughs> but yeah, most of the women they showed, even, I don't think they were dressed like quote unquote mm-hmm. slutty or whatever. Yeah. They were just wearing. They were wearing clothes. Normal clothes. Like, I hate that we sexualize women like for literally existing. Right. Well, and the fact too that they had like this super strong, really bad and harmful message, mm-hmm. but like also women were completely discluded from that message. And that starts really early. It's like, listen, American values are being attacked. And you know by who? Those fucking bitches of women. <laughs> right. I yeah. Hated it. And I think it's really hammered home by the fact that it's Casey who approached Trotter mm-hmm. and she's like the embodiment of this temptation to stray from American values. that's invaded the town right she's the one who started it Mm -hmm. she's the one who got the guy with the money to invest in the businesses that made the town's values go south Mm -hmm. and you know she's the one that is taking home the guys and Mm -hmm. like killing them at her house and stuff although we get the sense later that she was just doing that because they were hunters yeah and that otherwise she was just kind of hanging out and I know the priest is complicit by the end but like we don't see him do these things right exactly so even if they're saying like oh it isn't christianity when you throw that in in the end and never show him as a part of this atrocity it just makes it hating women and blaming women no i totally agree with that even the scene with the man at the bar who they apprehend who shot another man and was going to kill himself the root of his issue was that his wife had been unfaithful yeah yeah so while it's it's said that there's, you know, multifaceted mm-hmm. issues going on in the town, the big thing is just that women are being whores, yeah. essentially. And that's what's going mm-hmm. on. I don't know. I have a hard time with it. Obviously, it's super sexist. Yeah. But then I think the fact that they turn around and invest a lot of time in Casey as a character with mm-hmm. a personality yeah. who has multifaceted concerns herself, because of the fact that they invest so much time in Casey, I don't think it makes up for it, but I think it balances it out a little bit for Absolutely. me. Especially since Casey, again, is representative of like the temptation mm. in this town. I will say... If that makes sense. It does make sense. I do love this bar. They have, like, a good sense of, like, chaos there. (laughs) Yeah. I actually really like the chaos because that's how going to a bar actually is. Absolutely. Like, most of the time they're at bars or whatever. I don't know. It it very much feels like a set. Yeah. But this is... It's so chaotic. It is. And then, like, yeah, it's so chaotic that it even takes a second for it to click when the guy is there to shoot the other dude. Right, right, exactly. I do like that we get a little bit of continuity. We haven't mentioned the fact that Dean is wanted in quite a while. So at least we dedicate one line to that. (laughs) Oh, right. When they're like, oh, cops, don't take Mm -hmm. my picture. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they move right along. Yeah. I mean, but it's enough. It is. I think. Like, that's not what the episode is about, so it's fine. I also really like the priest during this bar mm. scene. They're like, why are you here? Which, like, I don't know. First off, I don't know why he's dressed like that at the bar. Like, as if yeah. priests don't just go out and 
do stuff and wear normal clothes. But I really love that he's like, oh, I go where my flock is. Mm -hmm. It's such an interesting thing to say in this episode that is like, what's the difference between demons and humans? Mm -hmm. Given that humanity has such bad qualities, like you could say that he's saying the idea is that like faith and Christ specifically, because let's face it, this is about white Christian America is for everyone, including people who are sinful or, you know, drink too much, et cetera, et cetera. So of course he's at a bar in public, but like, since we know by the end that he's actually a demon and that these two demons Mm -hmm. were pro Lucifer, like real hell rises and takes over the earth lucifer then you could also interpret him saying i go to where my flock is as the idea that humanity is the devil's flock yeah Yeah. i just think it's such a cool line that's why i'm sitting over here i'm like yeah is this episode really offensive but look the writing it's so interesting to me yeah i'm sad that all of this nuance just got overshadowed Mm -hmm. by misogyny but isn't that just the way of it (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that happens in tons of TV. Oh, absolutely. Like, look at Game of Thrones. Obviously, that show went down the toilet, but from episode one, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, for sure. So here's when we get the reveal that Casey is a demon, because Richie does approach her for the sex. Wow, that was a really <laughs> bad Borat impression. Holy shit, I tried it again in this episode. It went so bad. Wow. <laughs> What the fuck? The sacks. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call it for now on. The sacks. <laughs> yeah, so she takes him home for the saxophone, and yes. her house is a fucking haunted Dracula mansion. <laughs> it's like, what is this doing in Ohio? I we don't love got those. That. I mean, we do, but they're like in the wealthy like neighborhood mm-hmm. in Cleveland, not yeah. like fucking middle of nowhere south central ohio yeah what the fuck (laughs) what the hell i love it it was a cool set i I enjoyed it (laughs) r.i.p richie oh his death was so good oh my gosh it was it was really good i love the spin of the head yes it just went so far so fast yeah well and also like they make a big deal out of telling us he's like an idiot but then Mm -hmm. he reacts pretty quick yeah um you know, with his his little knife or whatever. I mean, obviously, one gonna do no good, but uh. still, I love. <laughs> Dean is like really worried about him, and Sam is like, "There's food in front of you, you know." And he's <laughs> like, "Man, I'm so worried." And Sam is just looking at the food, like, "What the fuck is wrong with him?" Yeah. Like, and honestly, like, fair, Sam. What? Why are you worrying about a man when you have a full plate of dinner? <laughs> Yeah, I do wonder if Richie and Dean ever were on the DL together. They seem pretty familiar. They do. That's all I'm saying. His quotation marks friend. Right. (laughs) We don't know. I had complained about this earlier. This is the first time a sex worker has not been called a hooker. They said the word prostitute. Yeah, prostitute, still not the best. Not the best. Is it a step? Yes. yes. <laughs> Is it enough? No. <laughs> I just was shocked because that one episode, they had to say the word hooker like oh eight times. Gosh. Oh my God. Yeah. What episode was that? I forget. I just remember the word. Oh, it was heart. It was no, 217 heart. heart. Yeah. I was like, man, 
When were there sex workers in this show? Oh, yeah, they were dying. <laughs> but, yeah, it's Casey who says that, and then she takes Dean home shortly after, and mm-hmm. he's like... CSI guy taking off my glasses, but actually, I got here before you. I was like waiting for him to say some sort of like stupid one liner pun. It's like the delivery yeah. of that. I don't know. It was just like a whole, whole big thing. Yeah. It's so funny to me when Sam, during this whole thing, and yeah. Dean's being um, taken by her, he is investigating sergeant hammond captain hammond general motherfucker he is investigating general hammond and this is the same exact set of the the episode with the two cops with the female cop and then her partner who's bad yeah and they just like painted it beige instead of white and it cracks (laughs) me up like it's the same fucking vending machine Yeah. (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure um the like tiny little interlude with Bobby mm-hmm. and Ruby in the middle that like mm-hmm. stream he's up against that looks the exact same as the purgatory stream <laughs> you know the one I mean yes. yeah I like noticing when they read yeah it. I'm like wow it. why do I know these things yeah. like my brain is a repository for the most garbage information but I'm also like how many buildings are we in where they're carbon copies that would look the same oh my god yeah so true. fair yeah, no, that's fair. Like, literally every floor plan mm-hmm. in this neighborhood is almost the exact same. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed this break-in scene. I don't fully get how it connected, besides being, like, a fun little bit. I wonder if this is going to be, like, a character we're going to see again. No, I think all that was happening was that Dean was looking for Richie and had mm-hmm. an idea of what was going on there. And Sam was continuing to investigate the idea that this former important Rotary Club guy mm-hmm. was actually a demon because he had suddenly made a bunch of changes around town. Yeah, that makes sense. I love the awkward moment where Sam has them at gunpoint and throws water on them. Yeah. And they're just like, they're what, like the actual what are you fuck? doing? And Sam's like, I am so sorry. <laughs> Can I just go? <laughs> yes. I love when it's just people. <laughs> it's just people. Isn't that right, Supernatural? They're just people. They're not prostitutes. <laughs> they're not. No, no. Oh wait, we God. didn't say women. I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> Supernatural would not say women are people. <laughs> no, never. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and we also get the first interaction between Bobby and Ruby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy that just as, like, a one-off thing. Yeah. Because they're both so hostile. Like, Ruby is showing up to help him, and she's like, hey, fuck you. And Bobby's like, okay, and shoots her. And she's like, hey, fuck you. (laughs) I just really like her personality. Mm -hmm. She has the worst attitude. Absolutely. I'm so here for it. And I, I just love how awkward this whole episode is with the, when she he shoots her and then nothing happens. When right. Sam throws water, nothing happens. Like. Right, 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 right. Now that Dean has Casey trapped. Then she goes and traps him. Then she goes back. and traps him. There is one thing that like rubbed me the wrong way. I just like hate the immediate like, I'm like, Dean, you don't need to like call someone a skank and a bitch. Like, I get that he's yeah. in like a bad situation. I'm like, why is that your go to for a woman? Like, let's let's look deep a little. Let's unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> Dean's a mean gay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I would not want to bump into him at a gay club. No. 
No. no. I don't know what a slur I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> no, true. Yeah. And I, like the other thing is this was like, obviously it was still considered rude to say that stuff, mm-hmm. but this was before anyone was like, come come on, let's actually not though. Yeah, yeah true. Like I definitely called plenty of people skanks in 2007. Oh, let's sure. be real. Yeah. He's older though. Maybe not more mature than teenage me. Well, the (laughs) thing that, like, irks me is it's not like he, like, caught her, like, sleeping with Mm -hmm. someone or something, too. It's, like, just by being a woman, she's a skank and a bitch. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. For sure. For sure. She has some really fucking good points, though. Oh, yeah. Her whole thing is so good. And, again, it's a direct follow-up from episode one of this season. Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of business we were getting from Envy. But she's just a lot calmer about her delivery of it. I just love how she's like, well, you fucked it up. Why not try something new? I think that's just such an effective line from her because she's so calm about it and not like this radical person who's obsessed Sure. With this change, like, it feels a lot more relatable and kind of, like, scary that she could be right. Right. But then, because we already know about the insidious nature Mm -hmm. of her manipulations in the town, Mm -hmm. there's the other end of it, which is, like, is this all just a manipulation? Like, the argument she's presenting Mm -hmm. intended to be, like, well, look at it my way. Like, you know... Anyone can turn a really shitty, like, inflammatory Mm -hmm. argument into something that sounds reasonable if they use the right cadence and vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I do also like how we get lore from her. We find out Lucifer's not the devil. Find out he didn't like bowing down. At least that's what she says happened. Right. And then we also find out that he hasn't been seen. While also finding out that Dick Cheney has a spot in hell. I loved that bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is, that late Bush era. Yeah. The other things she had to say that I found interesting, the way she talks about hell, Mm -hmm. it's a pit of despair. Why do you think we all want to come here? Mm -hmm. And it immediately made me think back to Meg when Meg returned and was like, fuck you for Mm -hmm. sending me to hell. It's hell. Yeah. (laughs) And I also loved when she asked Dean if he believes in God. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I'd like to. Mm -hmm. But compare even to one episode ago when he was like, there's no destiny. But destiny in that moment was being specifically referred to as God's plan. True. So I feel like it's saying one episode, he's like, that absolutely doesn't exist. And then the next Mm -hmm. episode, he he wants it to be Mm -hmm. true. And I think it ties in really well with the way... For the first time, he actually seems like a little bit scared Mm -hmm. of hell while trying to be nonchalant again. Like, building up the fear of hell in this universe, I think, is a good way to kind of make us scared for Dean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They do a good job of that. Yeah, the stakes rise very steadily and slowly as we get more information about it and as his deal continues to remain intact, Mm -hmm. it, like, becomes more and more urgent. We also get some expansion here on what Pride said to Sam in mm-hmm. episode one about Azazel, who's yes. been named finally. finally and I can finally tell you that the sigil that their dad used to summon Yellow Eyes was Azazel's sigil. I looked it up when we watched the episode just to be sure. Mm-hmm. 
How cool. Yeah, but they don't even, they hang on to that. They don't say his name until this episode. But yeah, she expands on his plan Mm -hmm. and the idea that there was one and that Sam was supposed to be in charge, which is information that we have, but I don't think Dean has. Mm -hmm. Can I go into his Zazzle? Yes, please. Tell us. Nice. I'm excited. Waiting so fucking long for this. Excited for you. And I actually didn't know, like, any of this. So, Azazel is mainly a Jewish figure. On Yom Kippur, the original story is that a scapegoat was chosen, but, like, a literal scapegoat. Yeah. And so there are two goats, and one is sacrificed to God. But then one is sacrificed to Azazel. So all sins are transferred onto this goat and he's driven into the wilderness and over a precipice and dies. So this is the kind of confusing thing because he's both the goat and the demon it was sacrificed to is kind of the like. I love that. It could refer to either. But he's uncleanliness personified and later is also depicted as a fallen angel. Love that. So that's why I was thinking about with the iconography behind Sam of the angel. This is so much so like it's between devil and angel. It's kind of role. So I think that works really well of not being able to tell if it's an angel in the background. Yeah. My understanding, Mm -hmm. and obviously I'm not really up to date on my Lucifer knowledge or whatever, Mm -hmm. but my understanding is that Lucifer took a contingent of angels with him when he fell. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering if the implication here is that Azazel is one of them. No. Oh. Because Azazel's the leader of them. Of the fallen angels? Yes. Not Lucifer. Not, no. He is the That's leader. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so, of course, this is a little different because it's in Jewish tradition and beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's all in the big Abrahamic yeah. whatever, so. Yeah, absolutely. So it means rugged and strong, his name. And he was the leader of rebellious angels in the Book of Enoch. Okay. And not only did he lead the rebellious angels, he also was the one to teach men warfare. And not just, like, how to fight, but how to make armor, how to make weapons, like, how to make it worse. I love that. And more violent. He is very similar to Satan in the text. But, of course, in practice, he has kind of a lesser role. Sure. But in text, he like he has a huge importance. And it also could be a metaphor for Israel being set free into the desert when he was set free mm-hmm. into, like, the world. This is also in Christianity, in Leviticus, but I don't believe he's named in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think that's, that's pretty common. It seems like a lot yeah. of angelic lore or, like, demonic lore where they're actually named mm-hmm. comes from the Quran or from the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. Yeah, and he, so some places call him, like, half demon, half angel. Right. Because of the idea of fallen angel. But I thought it was fascinating that I've never, like, heard of him. Yeah, I wasn't. such a major role. I wasn't aware of that. I'm gonna have to read more scripture, I tell you. Every day I'm like, I need to sit down and read more of it. Because it's really fucking interesting. Mm -hmm. And because he's the leader of fallen angels, some people have, like, seen him of leader of demons as well. Right, that tracks. Yeah, so as far as the same. I thought yeah. it was so interesting that they make him literally that pretty much in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the leader of the rebellious army against it. And also someone, I like the idea of him taking on all the sins too. Mm-hmm. Especially because we have him and the idea of like mutilating, not, I guess not mutilating physically, but like 
setting these literal babies <laughs> up for yeah. slaughter and these horrific things. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone with all the sins of mankind, like, thinking of what the worst they could do is corrupt the innocent. Yeah, and I mean, he's literally making them into weapons for <laughs> yes. his own yes. purposes. So Yes, so I was so impressed by Supernatural for this. Yeah, they did a good job depicting that lore. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's often equated with the desert. So I was like, maybe that's where the yellow eyes, that's a bit of a stretch, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm still going to call him Yed. Yed. <laughs> it's Love a good that. one. Oh, yellow eyes. <laughs> I love the way she says he had a name, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Ugh. And also, like, no one else called him his name yet. So. Right, right. Yeah, no. Well, he should have introduced himself then. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it fits so well with the idea of dehumanizing humans mm-hmm. and humanizing demons. Yeah. The fact that she says, well, he had a name. Mm-hmm. And it also makes sense that this is, like, the part in the arc where we get more information about him. Like, I like how this information was kind of kept to make it seem more of a monstrosity. Sure. And he was never humanized in such a way before the episode where, like, they they humanize the demons and the demon struggles. I think it's it makes it more effective. Yeah, I definitely don't think it does any work to humanize him. It just mm. makes it sound like whatever like uh, to me he's still like super bad and like they i don't think they ever make any effort again to be like well (laughs) you know he had an identity yeah so like there's that but i do think this episode is successful at making you wonder about the individuality of demons Mm -hmm. especially casey's long Mm -hmm. speech about her faith and oh my gosh, when she says, like, I was ready to follow Sam into battle. Yeah. Just the commitment and, yeah. like, faith in Sam. Like, I know it's from a bad place, but. Sure. It just strikes a chord. The actress did a fantastic delivery. Yeah, she did great. Her name is Sasha Barace, and she's in all three of the Hangover movies as Tracy. Really? Mm. Yes. Huh. Oh, you might have recognized Martin Papazin, who was Richie. He, he was Rick Burke in 24. That one I don't remember. You don't? Okay. Well, I every time I see 24 pop up, I write it down because <laughs> I remember you. that you like that. I love 24. But yeah, I thought Casey was really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this whole scene is like the meat of the episode, and she mm-hmm. did a really good job of delivering it. Yeah. I, like, again, that's why I sort of glaze over like a lot of the other misogyny going on is because they take this scene and they're like, yeah, this character is like hot and we did take time to sexualize her, but look, she's also a person. Mm -hmm. So then I go back and I'm like, can you apply that to any of the rest of them? Yeah. Do they take the time to? No. True. But are we supposed to? I don't know. Yeah. That kind of sums up the episode. (laughs) Honestly, podcast done. Wow. Snaps for Jasper on our way. <laughs> Solved it. I'm interested in the interactions, the one-on-one interactions between the priest demon and Sam mm-hmm. in the car. All his like really weird pointed questions. Like we're having like this conversation where all the cards are out on the table between mm-hmm. Dean and Casey and she's like yeah, you know, your brother was going to lead the demon army and I was going to follow him, whatever. And the priest is coyly like, 
I really see you at the head of the pack. Did you ever think of doing anything else? You seem like you're meant for great things. <laughs> you're just really smart, Sam. Oh my god. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And Sam's like, okay. (laughs) I do like that Bobby shows up with Ruby. Like, that's the most what the fuck moment. I think Ruby knew where they were. Oh, I, yes. But imagine Sam's reaction of just like, how the fuck did this happen? Right, right. It's been a weird car ride, too. That's the episode we need. Yes. Yeah. Someone write that for me. Yeah. Ruby, Bobby, Carr, awkwardness, <laughs> fanfic. These are the tags. Yeah. I want some antagonism, mm. some bickering over the radio like, intensely, yes. some French yes. fry eating, yes. mayhaps. Mm. Some Bobby as all knowing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Ooh, Ruby does love French fries. True. That's true. Yeah. I bet they they argue about how to put ketchup on fries. I bet they do. Mm-hmm. You know what? I bet you're right. Well, this pretty much writes itself. <laughs> Good brainstorm session, guys. <laughs> We've done our job. Love it. Casey, her role in this episode was so strong mm-hmm. that I think the pastor himself kind of felt like a little hammy mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. And I wasn't fully sure how he fit in, except for the first time they talked to him. That was very good. Mm-hmm. And then the cold open. He was and the great. cold open. But yeah. Yeah, it kind of felt like two different antagonists from two episodes. And they're just like, well, let's jam them together. I don't know. I disagree because mm. I feel like the priest was like such an obvious like kind of red herring yeah. kind of thing because he's so trustworthy, quote unquote, you know. I do love the climax when the mm-hmm. priest finally, he like comes in and he d- he's doing all the dramatic telekinesis and he smashes the devil's trap and yes. all of that. Yeah, it's fun. There's it the is. big kiss right in the middle of the mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, good for them. <laughs> Centuries long, hell and back demon romance. Mm. Good for them. And then uh, Sam bumps in with his god gun. Right. <laughs> you know, before that, though, because mm-hmm. the priest is going to kill Dean and yeah. Casey's like, just leave him alone. Yeah. I love that. That Same. part, like, mm-hmm. even more than Dean being like, wait, Sam, don't shoot mm-hmm. her. Really, I find very compelling. Mm-hmm. And, like, I will say... Here we get another question here of Sam's monstrosity. And I'm kind of like, how was Sam supposed to know? Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, for one, how is he supposed to know? But for two, I think of all of the times the camera is kind of panned on Dean. And mm-hmm. you can see Dean's, like, the cogs, the wheels are turning. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, this doesn't seem like the most extreme mm-hmm. out of no. any of them. Not at all. I do like that one, this is the first time Dean brings it up out loud mm. with anyone, with Bobby. He's like, do you think something's wrong with my brother? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, this is the first time we get a direct rebuttal to that. Mm. Because we have the scene with Sam and Ruby, and Sam specifically expresses remorse that humans had to die in yes. order to kill the demons. So I think this episode, this time that they have played with this whole is Sam evil thing is mm-hmm. the most balanced that we have seen it. Yes, True. I agree. And I liked it the most because of that. 
And I think it's a credit to the dynamic between Sam, Dean, and Bobby that Dean feels comfortable enough bringing it up with Bobby in the first mm-hmm. place. Yeah. Because as someone he trusts enough to bring it up with to not worry about Sam's safety, but it's also someone that knows Sam well enough mm-hmm. that they yeah. would be able to give good advice. And Bobby's mm-hmm. just always the parent. Yes. The steadfast, wonderful dad. Yeah, he's the one that they can go to. Mm-hmm. This is the second time, too, when they have the them mirror. So mm-hmm. the first time they have it, they're like, ooh, it's the reversal of American values. The town's gone mm-hmm. mad. Everything's turned on its head. And this time, it's the same thing, mm-hmm. but with Sam. You're, yeah. you're thinking, is there something wrong with Sam? Is this nega Sam? <laughs> oh, goodness. And they do it again. They really they hit do. us over the head mm-hmm. with it by having Ruby say the line, you wouldn't be Sam if you did like it, like killing people. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I also like how she says she's a little fallen angel. Yes. Too. And given that there was discussion of mm-hmm. Lucifer being a fallen angel and you looking up about mm-hmm. Azazel being a fallen angel, it just ties in together really well. And I like how they made it really creepy. Like, she had, like, a creepy little giggle, and Sam was like, (laughs) (laughs) So Ruby is still dangling this whole helping Dean Mm -hmm. out thing, but she's also not really specifically saying what she wants in return either. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts about either of those things. Ooh, I do. That was actually going to be my prediction. But, yeah, so I actually think that Ruby has a stake and this whole Lucifer thing, I think this show is trying really hard to kind of get us as an audience member to trust Ruby. Mm-hmm. I think Ruby is explicitly trying to summon mm-hmm. Lucifer, bringing about like some kind of like, like Casey had talked about, like a second coming of demons. But I think she's also probably going to fall for Sam and that's going to deter her from her greater. Yes. Gotcha. 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 I love that prediction. Yeah. I'm glad I squeezed it out of you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still want to talk about the fashion. Yes, of course. I know I've talked about some of it, but I haven't talked about all of it. Ruby showed up again and she was wearing a different outfit than last time. She had a slick red leather jacket mm-hmm. a la Meg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that for her. I did mention most of the women extras wearing specific colors, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to note that the two sex workers and also Casey wore those as well. The first Mm -hmm. sex worker was wearing purple. The second one was wearing pink and Casey was wearing red, Mm -hmm. obviously, but she was also kind of a blend visually Mm -hmm. of both those two sex workers. Like she had the very, very long dark hair. It was straightened though. She was wearing a really similar top to the first one. Mm -hmm. It was that deep V in the red. But in general, she was kept pretty clean cut and classy. And I did have a laugh when I realized she had a bump it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I did. I had to laugh. I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. If that's not 2007, I don't know what is. Right. Yeah. There were definitely some extras who Mm -hmm. had them as well. Other than that, I loved the costuming for Richie. Mm. Oh, my God. They, mm, it yeah. just gave you such a sense of the kind of character he mm-hmm. is. First, there's, like, the sweatsuit with the plaid trophy <laughs> and the gold yeah. chain. And then when he comes back later, he's wearing, like, that orange silk button-down. Yeah. And he's, he has the slicked-back hair mm-hmm. both times. It's just so fucking ridiculous. Really, really good costumes mm-hmm, this yes. episode. You could tell who everyone was supposed to be. Exactly. 
No, they definitely head out of the park with the costuming mm-hmm. and the sets. This was a yeah, really cool yeah. Everything set. looked really good. It, I, it felt like we were in a town, minus the Dracula mansion. But yeah, I'll take minus it. minus that. It's fine. Like every evil guy's got to have an yeah, evil layer. Absolutely true. Are we ready to talk about the fanfic? Yes. Hell yeah. So this episode's fic is outside of what I usually would highlight because it is very well known. I have Mm. read it before. But I picked it because I had totally forgotten it existed. Mm. And I got a rec from a listener in my Twitter DMs. This is from a listener named Issa. This fic was published in 2010, mm. originally on Live Journal. It's also <laughs> on AO3, but that's how old it is. It yeah. was on fucking Live Journal. <laughs> and I picked it because in this fic, Dean gets stuck in Ohio. Like, he physically <gasps> oh cannot leave Ohio. Oh and I just sort of feel like, yeah, that's what it's like mm-hmm. to live here. And all I could think watching this episode was the fact that it's in Ohio. And I just kept fixating on that. <laughs> So this one is called There's Only One Sure Thing That I Know. It's by Blinky Says. Summary. Dean doesn't even get halfway through explaining before Bobby starts laughing. When he lets himself think about it for more than five seconds, Dean can almost see Bobby's point. He's faced down demons, witches, vampires, werewolves, ghosts, angels, and now he's been defeated by the damn Midwest. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Case in point about how well known mm-hmm. this is, it has just underneath 95k hits. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. The, the rating on this one is E. Mm-hmm. It's a Dean Cass fic. The only other major character is Lisa Braden, who mm-hmm. you've been introduced to. Yep. There are no additional tags for this, oh, but wow. I will say it is in so many collections. It's on the fan surveys collection. Mm-hmm. It's in the collection for the 2010 Dean Cass Big Bang. Mm-hmm. And there's like a bunch of personal collections. And then also things like fanfic primer, fix to remember, ultimate guide to fanfic, etc., mm. etc. So it just goes to show there's the new things that are still mm-hmm. coming out, but there's things that are classics and are going to remain. Yeah, have withstood the test of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I have read it. It's very fun. Aww. Hell yeah. Well, I guess we just got to rate the episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'm going to go first as per use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, God, this is such a hard episode mm-hmm. to rate. I'm going to give it 2.75. Wow, that's lower than I thought you were going to go. Yeah, I will say there are things with this episode I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. First being Cassie. She was just a real stand. Casey. Casey. Well, I don't want to say Cassie. She was a real <laughs> standout. Of course, there was like the misogyny, but we're used to that in Supernatural. We're used to that in general. And, but I just kind of wish they were able to give this message. Because I love the idea of the mm-hmm. dehumanization of humans and these problems that we create and you know showing that there's another side to this war that you know maybe isn't as monstrous as we thought i love humanizing the monsters love that trope i just thought it was kind of a messy ride to get there but it was still enjoyable so i'll give it 2.75 small town ohio's (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh true what about you Allie? i'm going to give it one point for general hammond Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm I'm going to give it one point for the Ruby Bobby crossover. I love that. And then overall as an episode, that will add up to two points. I love that. Total. So I give mm-hmm. it 
two out of five rock slides into the basement. Ooh. Love that. What about you, Jasper? Well, unsurprisingly, I'm going to rate this higher because mm-hmm. there are just a lot of things I liked about the writing of it, despite the wild misogyny. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this a 3.75 out of 5 mm-hmm. broken devil's traps. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like repeat myself a whole mm-hmm. bunch, but I think it had a lot of messages interwoven mm-hmm. into it that felt very intentional, connected to other episodes, and did a lot of work for the characters, and the future of the plot. Yeah, absolutely. It was just, you know, really fucking sexist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually feel like I have some stuff to go off of. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they got the cult back now. Yeah, Yeah, true. Ruby knows everyone now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so with actually with the existence of the cult, good job, Bobby, we're actually now kind of lowering the threat of demons. So Mm -hmm. now that gives us the opportunity to create something even bigger yeah. and badder. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking we're going to start getting more named demons. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not next episode because God, do they love to give us some information <laughs> and then just waste our time for a little bit. <laughs> True. But I do know this is a short season, so maybe we're just getting into mm-hmm. it. What are they going to face? I want to I wanna guess the monster. What's the monster going to be? El Chupacabra. El Chupacabra, misogyny. <laughs> No, that's the show, Jordan. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's the long-term enemy. True. I need something good. I need something good. Come on, come on. We're thinking. We're thinking. Brain cells. They're wiggling. Let's I go classic. Classic. Frankenstein. No, that's a thing. <laughs> they're saving Frankensteins. <laughs> Armies of Frankensteins. Just like the whisper, Frankenstein. 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 I love... Here's my problem with Frankensteins. <laughs> Frankensteins have been, like, ended by... What was, that, what was that show that we loved? There just will never be a better Frankenstein than the thespian Frankenstein from... Thespian? The show with Josh Harnett. Who? Um, Penny Dreadful? Penny Dreadful. Oh, yes. Like, will we ever get a better Frankenstein than that? No. I love I love Frankenstein and that and I love the Frankenstein's monster too yes. because he's like, Oh, I'm so hated and dreadful and he's like just he's like handsome, but he's covering half of his face <laughs> up with dirty hair. I yes. We'll never get a better <laughs> we'll never get a better Frankenstein monster ever. Incredible. Uh, God, maybe we'll get like another Hellhound episode. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Hellhounds mm-hmm. are going to be really big mm-hmm. and this season with all these devil deals and shit. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. So. Love that. I'm always really excited for your predictions portion. I get like really jazzed <laughs> to see like what you're going to say that I know is going to pan out and oh what gosh. you're going to say that's just like really fucking insane. There's not going to be an army of Frankenstein monsters. I hope there we'll is. See. I hope so. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Maple Springs, New York. Bye. Bye. Bye.